da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. So the summer movie season is officially upon us, but we have one more film to discuss before the big daddies get here. Mm-hmm. The big blockbusters. Boom. Boom. The debut of Key and Peele uh, on the big screen, fellas. Mm-hmm. Much anticipated. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was weird that they played Ratchet and Clank, but, you know, <laughs> fine. It's... A little weird that... that that just swept the box office just out of kind of nowhere. <laughs> Video game from early to mid aughts, just kind of yeah. rising yeah. to the occasion on a yeah, slow I, weekend. I gave Angry Birds a lot of crap for being totally irrelevant <laughs> by the time it came out, but I am excited for the uh, DJ Qualls as Earthworm Jim um, <laughs> coming soon. So uh, we're American Treasure DJ Qualls. <laughs> How have they not made an Earthworm Jim movie? At this point, <laughs> how how many years away, give or take, are we from that? It's gonna happen. I just looked Crash at the Bandicoot. voice talent. Yeah, <laughs> Jack, Jack Black as Crash Bandicoot. That's gonna... I'd see that. <laughs> Probably cry. I just looked at the voice talent for Ratchet and Clank, and it's pretty solid. You got two American treasures in there. I don't. Brian Cranston's in it, isn't he, or something? Uh, John Goodman is, John and Goodman. sliced alone, right. along Goodman. with Rosario Dawson and Paul Giamatti. They so. had a but. Just like with most animated movies, those people have no idea what they're doing. They're like, oh, it's animated? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You go in yeah. for four mm-hmm. hours and do your lines, and yeah. two years later, the movie comes out, and you get a check. That's basically... Like, yeah. Chris Rock does a stand-up bit about voice acting, because <laughs> yeah. he was in the Mad- Madagascar movies yeah. as the uh, the donkey or the zebra. Yeah. And uh, yeah. was very funny in that, but he's like, easiest job. Yeah. They'll take those calls all day long. Like Billy Crystal yeah. turned They give down, you a million dollars. Yeah, they give you a million dollars to go in a room for a day, say four lines over and over and over again, and uh, then you get a check two years later. But Billy, you know, Billy Crystal turned down Buzz Lightyear when they offered it to him for Toy Story. He's like, I don't know what this is. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm Billy Crystal. I'm not going to do an animated. Yeah. You know, Disney. I gotta movie. be a referee. You know, Kareem out of a game. <laughs> exactly. And uh and obviously that was the biggest movie, one of the biggest movies ever. But, you know, first opportunity he got back, like, you wanna do Monster Sink? Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did obviously uh Wazowski right. in those movies. But I don't know where we uh got that story where we <laughs> arrived at the Pixar Billy Crystal story, but you're listening to crystal clear the number one <laughs> billy crystal um the uh hashtag you know crystal clear <laughs> it's uh you know what's funny is i co-host a movie podcast with you guys and really yeah what? believe it or not and i uh, sorry i consider myself somewhat in the game um and I have did not know Ratchet and Clank was a thing until three minutes ago when you guys started talking about it. I had to look it up. It's the gym and the holograms of this year. It, yeah, it I happened. honestly did not know a, what it was. I've there's never a very heard that. small percentage of humans that maybe went out and saw it first weekend and then it'll go away forever and we'll act like it never happened. I thought you were joking, like making up a fake random video game. <laughs> and that is number seven in the box office this week. Well, good for good for focus features. So that's eight. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, slightly edged out by the boss. So I'm good. just glad that, you know, 
we're the critics that don't have to see every movie. I know because I could. I don't think I could do that one and actually have to write a review and turn in my review to Rotten Tomatoes and do that whole thing. If we were those critics, you know what movie we would have had to see this weekend? What besides Ratchet and Clank? Papa, Mother's Day. (laughs) That came out. It came out and just got eviscerated. Like oh, just scathing reviews. Hey, can I can can I tell you guys a funny story? I was no. with uh, I was with producer Steven over the weekend briefly, and uh, he was morning, asking me about the loss of Prince together. Yes, we were. <laughs> and I was talking with him about um, he was asking me about it. He's like, what's with this Papa Hemingway in Cuba movie? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I hear it's terrible. It's got like a, you know, 18 percent Rotten Tomatoes. He goes, you know, what would be great is if after the credits it cut to a scene with Faulkner and then one with Fitzgerald and you realize they were setting up a universe. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gertrude style. Yeah. yeah. The literature cinematic universe <laughs> that actually did exist. Gosh. Now that, great. that I'd be excited about. That, <laughs> you guys. They're just going for straight 65 and older. Just that, <laughs> just a MCU for them. You know, the grand Marigold hotel cinematic universe. Yeah. Or whatever it's called. <laughs> I would Every pay for that. comes with the eyeball glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the grumpier old men cinematic universe. Let's just universe everything. So it was a small weekend this past weekend in the movie world, but mm. next week is Civil War, Captain yeah. America Civil War, and then uh and then we're officially officially in the swing of summer. And it uh seems like just yesterday we were talking about last year's Gods summer of offerings. Egypt. Yeah. Gods of <laughs> Egypt. Which Brian voluntarily saw. I will I mention that as many times as possible on the show. Like to fill out those bottom of the year rankings just as much as the top of the year. Voluntarily went in, <laughs> chose gods of Egypt on the scroll, swiped the credit card, looked the man in the eye and said, "One for gods of Egypt, please." Yep. And he just refused, and you're like, "Trust me." <laughs> yes. They'd open up the theater for you because they'd already. <laughs> Just two employees making out in the back. Oh, crap. (laughs) Oh, those are good times. But I'm excited for for the Captain America 3 Civil War. Yeah. Even though that they've fully admitted that they made it in response to DC announcing Batman v Superman, which we thought was the case, but kind of knew that they would go about it a little bit better. I think it's going to make more money opening weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the long term. I agree. For sure. From the projection. Uh, week, yeah, I don't know if it'll away. blow it out of the water on the opening weekend, but it I think... already made a what two hundred million overseas in oh, really? last weekend, something yeah, like that. It did quite well overseas. It's doing well on radio, so it's sort of the anti-bad Superman. How dare you? <laughs> we have a little BVS DCU news. Not good. Not good, Brian. No. If you want to kind of break it down for us, I guess I I'm going to go the opposite route of you there kinto i think it's great news because i <laughs> want this universe to be good and the more anarchy there is the better chance there is that we get rid of snides so that's true that's keep true the snides to the side that's what i'm that's what i'm rooting for openly obviously so yeah uh what's the guy's name seth graham smith is that correct yes. i believe he of abraham lincoln vampire hunter <laughs> fame yeah you know oh just <laughs> Richard has uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter tattoo on one arm and a Pride and Prejudice zombie on the other <laughs> arm. Uh, don't forget, don't forget, sense and sensibility and sea monsters on my thigh. 
That one also is exists, by the way. Yeah, I did not make that up. That exists. Okay. Sense wow. and sensibility and CMOS. That's not real. No, look it up. I that is that, okay, all I'm looking it up. That's he not used real. to work at a Borders, okay? Like, yeah. He knows. He knows all, <laughs> all books. I would sell these to stoner <laughs> high school kids and be like, ugh. Just so much judgment coming yeah. through the Borders. Tom, yeah. Tom Sawyer and, and Cyborgs, really good. <laughs> Just better <laughs> than Twain. I mean... Better interpretation of the story, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, More you, accurate. you have the Twain humor, but then a better eye for story, right? So and it's then the best cyborgs. So. Yeah, and then there's, yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes. Uh, I mean, yeah. So Seth Graham <laughs> Smith has been. He was supposed to direct the Flash, uh-huh. uh, not the TV show with right. uh, Grant Gustin as. You mean the uh, successful TV show? The that successful TV show is love. That, yeah. that we're just gonna not. Ag- Imagine yeah, exists. Just gonna pretend like he doesn't exist because okay. he's not jacked enough. Uh, no, the Flash movie with Ezra Miller, with a rapidly growing Ezra Miller. Yeah. Uh, Seth Graham Smith has has bailed over creative differences. He's out, so he's not going to. He's not going to m- make his directorial debut. He wanted him on the organic stuff, and Snyder had him on creatine. Was that <laughs> yeah. the creative? His deadlift was just atrocious. He <laughs> <laughs> would not. Believe. Couldn't even deadlift. I mean. <laughs> Get just, out! <laughs> just really sad. I saw Snyder at the draft at the draft scouting out future superheroes. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Him and him and Amon Green just hanging yeah. out the green room. Just have you? Have we talked about the fact that Snyder wants to do the American Revolution God. story? Yeah. Movies in the style of Three Hundred. That's what he yeah. said. Laramie Tunzel is George Washington. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, what's the cat at Baylor that's in trouble all the Sean time? Oakman. Sean Oakman. Yeah. Yeah. Sean yeah. Oakman. He's got sick abs. That guy. He does. Be, yeah. Be a <laughs> heck of a James the rape. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He'll be okay. It's all you right. can beat that rape charge. You'll be a heck of a James Madison. Let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, this is, I guess, kind of good news for us. The people that, like you said, Brian, want these yeah. movies to be good again. Yeah. Um, but bad for Warner Brothers. It doesn't speak well of the film, right? I mean, look, this happens sometimes. Uh, Edgar Wright left Ant-Man and obviously Star Wars booted uh, What's-His-Face from Chronicle and Fantastic Josh Trank. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. It's not like it's – and then this movie is not coming out until I think 2018. So it's not like there's no chance that they're going to get it off the – I don't know, get it out of the the docks all right. But – it it's again it's another thing where you're like this is just another <laughs> sign of of the bad things that are happening at, at DC. Or yeah, I've, I've heard it's it's not because nobody wants to make these movies. It's just that they can't stand Snyder and then no <laughs> nobody gets along with him. It, all these directors, he's basically the Feige of the DCU. Yeah, yeah. and all these directors kind of have to go to Snyder for approval on these movies. Like if you're gonna make a Flash movie in this universe. Gosh. Snyder basically has the ultimate say, so I'm sure Seth Graham Smith, you know, had to go to him yeah. multiple times which, and say, "Hey, here's what I'm thinking." You know, which this is really... fine in a in a vacuum, like before you see his finished project, like, "Hey, yeah, maybe right. this guy yes, really has his totally. wheels around this yeah. this franchise, and that's cool. We'll listen right. to him." You know, the studios trust him, and right. then you see Batman vs Superman, you're like, "Yeah, screw that guy. This is terrible. I'm not listening to him at all." Yeah, and you go in his trailer, and he gives you a noogie and tells you your <laughs> movie's not good. I mean, it's just. It's got to be a beatdown to work with that guy. So, and this to to pair it with that, uh, James Wan is reportedly thinking about bailing on Aquaman as well. So, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, point proven there. Yeah. It, so it it's to me it looks like it's it's moving in one of two directions. Either 
Snides just completely takes over and he's just, you know, drinking 47 monsters a day and directs all these movies himself and creates the Which devil's kind, trilogy or something. I'm kind of but... in on that. Like, I would be <laughs> fine with that. Just yeah. for like watching, you know, the car crash. Oh, yeah. yeah, the yeah. shot part of it all. But right. uh, it, was good for, it was good for our rating. So, you know, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to complain about, about that. But, but as a fan of that, of the universe, I'd really like those movies to be good. The other way that it could go... I, I'm kind of waiting for Ben Affleck to pull a power play and just say, you know what? This guy sucks. Obviously we can't keep anybody else in house. Either he goes or I go and force Warner brothers. Hand. Oh, wow. That that's what happen. I, that's what I'm hoping for. Cause I, I think the best thing that they've done in this entire process, mm-hmm. one of the only good things is, is I'd like, I like Affleck as Batman and he's an incredible director. So that's, I think that movie is in good hands, but it needs to get rid of the stink. Of, They're doing of the Red Sp- Hood storyline too, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Pretty cool. The animated one of those is on HBO go and it's pretty good. Another producer, Steven recommend he made me watch. Well, I mean, <laughs> but Kevin Smith they, said that they, Affleck's uh, Batman's going to win an Oscar, which is <laughs> dark Knight. So that means it's better than dark Knight. So yeah, they did the dark Knight returns with, Batman v Superman, you know, or they tried to go for that, or Snyder yeah. did. And if you were beforehand to say, "Man, they're going to do the Dark Knight Returns," you would have been like we're super psyched, like we are for, I guess, Red Hood. Yeah, and he completely. I maybe I trust Affleck more than Snyder, but I'm just saying, doesn't mean if the source material is good, doesn't mean it's going to obviously be a good interpretation of that source material. Man, Batman. That makes me most angry of any of this. Like Superman, Aquaman, Flash, okay, you know, don't make those movies, but Batman needs to exist and it needs to be good. Like yeah. at least they need to realize that and maybe the, realize that Superman shouldn't be the emphasis here. And the, the sneaky story of it. like the last ten years of superheroes is like the rise of the B team player. Because like the Batman I mean, the Nolan films, but like, you know, the Batman Superman movies haven't been good. The Spider Man movies have been pretty bad. Like those are the big A team guys, and like, who would have thought that the Captain America kind of, um, uh, I, I mean, Iron Man, like, sets the yeah. whole trend going, and like, the, the, to me, the the difficulty, the degree of difficulty, is so much higher to make a great Iron Man film, and they did it totally. It's like it's just sitting there. It's it should be easy to make these movies. Yeah, at least make them watchable. They don't all have to be like Dark Knight caliber, change the world, mm-hmm. but you know, these should be watchable popcorn flicks pretty easily the the snides himself i guess this was taken out of context and it's an old quote but i want to thank evan webb on twitter for sending this over to mam underscore podcast on twitter mm. this is a quote from snyder Heard of those guys quote from snyder i think it's a while maybe 2008 it, it looks like he says the average movie audience has seen i can't even count the amount of superhero movies fantastic <laughs> four x-men superman spider-man he says the Marvel universe has gone nuts. We're going to have a freaking Captain America movie. If we're not careful, Thor too. We're already on our second Hulk movie and Iron Man just made $300 million uh, for a second tier superhero. So he was criticizing Marvel and their plan. It seems like in 2008 and it's just funny how justice seems to be done and karma comes mm-hmm. back around because that is his exact undoing. It has. It seems to uh, be, totally. and it will be kind of cemented with Civil War this weekend. Okay, I'm excited about it uh, Big time. again, and uh, expect a, a fun podcast episode from yeah. us uh, next week uh, talking about that. But 
we have a a little other movie news. I want to say condolences, fellas, for the Mavs season. But the NBA offseason can only mean one thing, <laughs> and that is NBA stars in mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. So it's the, been a while. We haven't had enough NBA stars in movies lately. I feel like that's like a lost thing from our we childhood. Had, well, we had Trainwreck last year. That's true. I forgot about, about Braun Braun there. And, and Kevin Amari. Grant had that terrible movie. How could I forget about it? We Amari? just don't have the personality. And you guys can attest to this. We just don't have the the Charles Barkleys anymore <laughs> that we had. And the Michael Jordans. The I, mean, I guess Kobe was kind of like that, but he never yeah. did never did movies. No. We just don't have the Shacks, you know? We don't have the outlandish I, entertainment I personalities in basketball that we used to, it seems. Uh I yeah, I mean there's you're you're absolutely right. There's some there's some interesting kind of young personalities in the league. I think Draymond Green would be should just he should just have his own movie now. <laughs> I would just like to watch him talk like a sidekick character yelling at somebody like Cool story, Glenn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It can be the name of the movie. So it seems like the much rumored uh Space Jam sequel is uh <laughs> happening with lebron that's what this all comes down to and um justin lynn apparently directing the movie <laughs> that's the weird thing interesting me, right? turn of events for justin lynn makes it interesting though great yeah. great point guard for the lakers last year too justin <laughs> lynn. just lynn sanity just raining down <laughs> that's funny but how many of uh how many like cheesy blogs about space jam 2 will be titled lynn sanity right <laughs> it's already happened down and okay yeah. but like we said we're you know we're one step closer to dirk and the fast and furious universe which we're fans of um you know with with you know because you'll obviously get a spot a spot in uh in space jam i would hope it has uh, to happen i hope it's, it's a just, massive missed opportunity if, if he doesn't it better not be just the duck boat crew if it's cp3 oh. and wade and bosh and Carmelo and LeBron, I'm going to be it very... It will be. They'll be all in the wheelchairs, just like Sean Bradley and yeah. Barkley and Muggsy Bogues and all them were. That, in the that'll, that's a wasted opportunity because there's a lot of funny people in the league. Um, I saw one really funny tweet that the plot of um, Space Jam 2 will be LeBron uh, can't win with his hometown Looney Tunes, so he joins the Monstars to win a title. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Let's just hope Bill Murray comes back for Space Jam 2. I would say his best role. What's hey, funny we is, immortalized uh, him in the intro of our show every week. You're welcome, Bill. Yeah, it's one of his classic moments. But, uh, you know, it's funny though that the I saw parts of Space Jam not long ago. I mean, it's silly, just completely insane '90s yeah. uh, coming off Coke kind of contrived thing. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's a surprisingly kind of funny script. Like the Looney Tune parts are pretty. It's very meta. So I hope they keep that because that's the smart way to do it. There's stuff about like there's a scene I remember where like Daffy and uh, and, and Bugs are like sneaking into a room or something and they start talking about their merch rights. Do you remember that? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, speaking of that, you know, all those uh, T-shirts and lunchboxes and all that with our face all over. It? You yeah. see you ever see a dime from any of that? And he's like, we got to get new <laughs> agents. We're really getting screwed. You know, yeah. like stuff like that is funny. So I hope that it has that. That's the best part about Space Jam to me. Yeah. Is that kind of that script is like way better than it should be, way funnier than it should be. Sure. What is weird about it is that the Looney Tunes aren't relevant at all right now. At uh, all. And I guess they're gonna use this as sort of a Looney Tunes launch kind of a kind of to launch the Looney Tunes cinematic universe. I don't know. You know, like after those Muppet movies were were big, they started spinning the Muppets off into as much stuff as they could. 
Yeah, that's uh, they're going to try to do that with Looney Tunes. I guess it's just weird. Looney Tunes were kind of still popular. They had what Tiny Tunes and stuff like that on TV back mm-hmm. when Space Jam came out. Yeah. So, um, just kind of a weird thing, and uh, it's it's kind of maybe their I studio's like- response to Internet Boy fanboys photoshopping a LeBron Space Jam poster <laughs> for all these. You know, like. If you're ever like interested in like eventually going to happen, but. if you're ever interested in any listeners and like writing sketch comedy or anything, um, a good place to start for like the form of it is like early, early Looney Tunes. It's like yeah. they're really funny, Absolutely. like four or five minute sketches. And, oh, those are uh, great. Yeah. and especially when you get a hold of the scripts, like it's, it's really good to study if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of become, it's a different thing in second, third, fourth generations, but the original Looney Tunes is, is uh is really kind of interesting. I think has become we only have room for so many properties and if you're not owned by Disney these days you kind of get lost in the foil. But I think they've kind of become lost a bit and there is a lot of good there. I don't know if Space Jam 2 is necessarily the best use of that, but oh well. Yeah. They're they actually redid some Looney Tunes. I don't know where I'm Looney cast right here, but they actually did some Looney Tunes shorts maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Some new ones, yeah. And they were in like 1080p and like a really great animation style, like kind of a th- not 3D, but kind of a blend of 2D and 3D animation. And they're great, and they're I'm gonna have to link them on our Twitter or something if I find them. But there's there's Wiley Coyote. They did a couple episodes of Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. It's kind of like man, if Looney Tunes was still around and they cared about it, it could actually still be mm-hmm. really funny. Um, well, they, but they just... they've had a, a Looney Tunes script circulating for a long time. Ginny Slate, I think, wrote it, uh, former mm. SNL or, or is writing it or something. And it just never it seemed like the type of thing. It's like something you hear about once or twice a year and then nothing comes of it. And like Jason been... Siegel doing a Muppet movie. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's <laughs> there's some similarities there for sure. Definitely. Um, I don't know how. It's weird. I just I don't feel like Looney Tunes has any sway at all right now. So I don't know how and I feel like the Muppets as much as they maybe were not as relevant as they obviously as they once were. I don't I feel like there are still a lot of Muppet love out there and I just I wonder if any kids even know what Looney Tunes is anymore. Like it's been so long since they've That's had That's a bummer cuz it's like it's Oh, totally. A lot yeah. of it's really funny. Still, yeah. I mean, I'm a 29-year-old somewhat man and and if I see a good Looney Tunes cartoon, I'll laugh. I think the Marvin the Martian stuff is really funny. Yeah, like Daffy my... is very funny. The stuff I with Daffy alone was, yeah, was good. Yeah, I always was a huge fan. I just, I, I don't know that it's yeah. holding any kind of sway now. I know when I was, I think, it, I think that last Looney Tunes movie came out in, I'm going to look it up. I think it was 2003. Back in Action, was that what it was Yeah, yeah with, with Brendan Fraser. Fraser yeah. So you know it's good. And Jenna <laughs> Elfman. So perfect combo there. But Two I, infinite Brendan Fraser laughing. <laughs> I remember I was working some summer camp that year that I took, a group of kids to see it and they didn't get it. And that was 13 years ago. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's an odd time to, to be like, here we go. Here's, here's a rebooting a very important film. And it's definitely going to get a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's, it's an odd choice. Space, I'm not against it. It's Space Jam is very nostalgic. And sure. You're treading weird territory there to try to. So just cash in it. on that 90s. I guess just cashing it in. Yeah, exactly. It's bound uh, to happen. Nostalgia, which is fine, which is not bad business. It's smart of LeBron, too. LeBron has hired an agent and everything. He's going to try to do probably a movie a summer or something, you know? I would think. Yeah. The he seems like he's, he's not likable. So yeah, no. In the right scenario, though, Trainwreck proved it. He could be funny. I agree, but 
I think the problem is there's a certain amount of people that are going to watch because, oh, it's LeBron James. Let's see what this is. And then there's a certain, maybe an equal number of people who are going to say, Ugh, LeBron is such a diva. I don't want to deal with his, you know, it's an, it's an odd, he's going to, he's, he's not likable enough. Yeah, I don't his know. His Q rating odd, is, but his I Q rating, I will say. I excited about this movie if it was Steph Curry in place right. of LeBron James, you know. That would be a smarter place with kids. Totally. You know, not even yeah. kidding. I mean, if there's no, two under 10 year old boys. Yeah. I, th- I would say Steph Curry's probably the most famous person in the world. No, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. So, um, maybe, may, um, no, not even, I would say Robert Downey Jr. Maybe, but I think there's, you know, he hasn't done a, a bit you know, Iron Man in a couple of years, but yeah, with under 10 year old boys, I mean, if you go and hang you know, around like a gym or something, it's just, mm-hmm. It's just as much Steph Curry stuff as you can see because yeah. he's, you know, a kid grows even at when you're five years old, uh, you know, you, you know, you're not going to grow up and look like LeBron. There's just like one in a trillion people, <laughs> right. but you can keep the dream alive that I could be Steph Curry he's skinny and he's like six, two. And he, if I just shoot my driveway all the time, I could be him, but you know, you're not going to be able to like, just, you know, tomahawk dunk from the free throw line. Most likely. <laughs> Right. And so Steph Curry's like, Speak he is, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And Brian's still chasing it at 32 or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but I think the, if you were to do like Q rating, I think Curry has one of the most likable. It would be the smart way to play it if I was Warner Brothers, but, but it's Warner Brothers. So Zack Snyder will probably direct this. <laughs> Can we animate the Monstars to be more Jack? Or <laughs> Jack's in the first one at we're all. We're going to delay it nine months. We got to send yeah. this stuff over to Korea and get them more right. Jack. Now we got to make LeBron kill somebody. So let's, <laughs> let's get on that. The, the Warner Just Brothers people swag hammer in half. Oh man, they're actually trying to reboot all of their, I guess, cartoon well, franchises that they own or properties uh, because they're trying to remake Scooby Doo as well or bring back <laughs> Scooby Doo. They announced at CinemaCon last week. It's called Scoob, S-C-O-O-B, oh, like all S dot C dot O-O-B, and uh, <laughs> it's Finch a live action. so hyped right now. Yeah, it's live action, and their hope is to bring back all the Hanna-Barbera properties, including Scooby-Doo, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, and <laughs> it might be another one. Of the, I just don't know. I just don't, ca- I don't think s- they, anyone cares about the yeah, Jetsons. I have to say, and, like, Hanna-Barbera age is worse than almost anything yeah. in yeah. terms of that like looney tunes is funny still it's it's may seem old or archaic or whatever but it's like at its bones funny yeah. even if it doesn't interest a kid but like hannah Barbera's most of their stuff is absolutely unbelievable and uh who are the other guys that did um like when they did uh land of the lost a few years ago yeah and they're like, why didn't this work well? And it's like, well, the original Land of the Lost was awful. It's Sid <laughs> yeah. and Marty Croft. Like, if you ever watch like Land of the Lost, the old TV show, like it's it, how have they not remade like every old show? How have they not done a Gilligan's Island movie with like Bradley that. Cooper as <laughs> Gilligan? You know what I mean? How have they not yeah. anything that has a name? How are they not just? I mean, they're doing a Baywatch movie next year. I'm just saying they're that one seems that like they're any doing kind it of nostalgia. Right. I think Baywatch, Baywatch could be good. It's gonna be a hit. Yeah. I really do. It's got Dwayne the Rock. Dwayne the Rock says it's like the Avengers on the beach. So I'm excited to see what what they have in store for us. And it's an R-rated like we don't even care kind of comedy. He says too. So I mean that could be that could be a fun hit. But yeah. I don't. I mean the Flintstones. The, Seth MacFarlane actually yeah. 
had the rights, bought the rights to the Flintstones. They were going to bring it back on Fox, and he was going to executive produce, do the voices, do the scripting, all that, because he grew up loving the Flintstones, of course. He worked and, at Hanna Barbera too. Yeah, and uh, obviously, Family Guy is mm-hmm. kind of modeled uh, after the Flintstones. Right. And he said he did a couple of test episodes. They did uh, two or three episodes, and it just they could just never get the tone. It just didn't translate like they mm-hmm. thought it would, and they just couldn't get it to work. Maybe that's just one, like you said, Richard, that it it just doesn't age well in this time. I mean, you can't just bring back that universe and the, the humor just doesn't work. The jokes that worked in the original Flintstones maybe don't work today. You know, it just didn't. And and kids don't want to see stuff about like the Stone Age. I think if you're doing it, if that's you're doing what he something... said. He said yeah. all the jokes revolved around them living in the Stone Age. And like, yeah. oh <laughs> look, that toucan is a can yeah. opener. <laughs> right. Yolk 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 yolk. Yeah. I think if you're going to do like John a, Goodman's best role, I mean, uh, and Rosie O'Donnell's, yeah. don't forget. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, Rosie O'Donnell as Betty, if you're going to like do anorexically thin <laughs> Betty on, God, that was a if, stretch. Sorry. Go if, ahead. Uh, <laughs> cause she could do the laugh. Like, Oh, you could do the laugh. Oh, you're Betty. <laughs> ah, she's, I mean, that movie was terrible. I, there's much worse things about it than, than Rosie. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) the, the one you could do, I think if you're going to do Hanna-Barbera and do live action and would might interest kids, if you could really up the technology would be the Jetsons. I feel like you could probably do a live action Jetsons or even animated Jetsons movie. If you made the animation modernized, that would get Mm -hmm. kids hyped because kids love gadgetry and all that stuff. Right. And so. That's the one that I would look at if I was mm-hmm. studio head, but you'd have to have the right people and the right tone and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're making a Legends of the Hidden Temple movie. What? And they're doing, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you hear that? No, I knew they were rebooting yes, the show, yes. but I didn't know they were doing a movie. They're actually doing a movie based on the show. I guess it's going to be like an Indiana Jones style something i swear to god there's just like a stone 32 year old in charge of every studio now it's like hey dude hey hey remember remember uh, pete pete yeah. <laughs> we should, they're we doing should, a hey arnold movie too that, should, show, that show hasn't been around in 17 years or whatever hey man um hey do you do you remember when pat sajak had a talk show we should do a movie about we should do a movie about that yeah it's remember bobby's world <gasps> let's do a netflix series well, the thing about bobby's it is richard is that the people the mid-30s early 30s the people that have the four-year-old five-year-old kids now you can like oh yeah like, i like this when i was your age exactly just like our parents did when <laughs> okay. they took us to movies uh, it's just times times come around like that but the legend of the hidden temple movie is going to be a nickelodeon tv movie Thank God. We're not getting. Yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. good. I just saw that. Somewhere. Yeah, no, no. I saw I, that Kirk Fogg was coming back. So that's yes. all I cared about. <laughs> yes. Ol- Olmec is just like <laughs> totally strung out. Like he's been living in depression. I, there was a channel a few years ago when I was an idiot nostalgist in my mid 20s uh, that had Legends of the Hidden Temple on in the middle of the night. And I w- got watching it. And I re- I never really realized as a kid how like impossible that show was and how just absolutely arbitrary and rigged it was like they they'd answer all these questions and they get to run through the temple run thing. And like they, was, would they just, give you thirty seconds to run yeah, through the would, entire thing. The it all. They would send out temple guards, which were just employees, to like scare you, and you were done. Yeah. Like they could at any point send an employee out and be like, "Oh, you're out." 
So if they didn't want to give you the money, they just didn't have to. Yep. Heck of a game show. Heck of a game show. <laughs> I always wanted to be a blue barracuda. Never happened. <laughs> you Someday. already made it. I am to you. Yeah, you always be in our They heart. actually started showing the old uh, Nickelodeon shows like after 11 or midnight on Nickelodeon <laughs> because the only people that cared were already were up at 1 a.m. Yeah. or whatever doing. Uh, I think there was some executive somewhere that was like, you know, yeah. that OJ show is doing pretty well. <laughs> And you know who's in that? Cuba Gooding Jr. And you know, Wild and Crazy Kids had Omar Gooding, yeah. his little brother. Yep. What if <laughs> we backpacked on the OJ yeah. phenomenon, brought back Wild and Crazy Kids and or Smart Guy, and cashed in on the Omar Gooding phenomenon? I'm like, it's just so ridiculous at this yeah. point. That's true. Double Dare on Nickelodeon Midnight, brought to you by Jack in the Box. You they, are they, very guys, high. They, they, we're living in a world that they brought back Boy Meets World for serious and made how, it called Girl Meets how World. How dare you? I'm just how saying, anything you. is possible. I'm fight you right now. No, I think... <laughs> Y'all don't even watch Girl Meets World. What are you talking about? Brian probably does, because Brian sees everything that's televised. <laughs> everything that's televised. Brian is like a library of Congress of television. Like, <laughs> they just send him a catalog number, and he watches it. And he goes, yep, that was good. Um... <laughs> You know what's funny is I watch uh, because I'm all, I, my life is terrible apparently. I watch so much um, diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> and uh, I wish the listeners understood how often Richard texts Kent and I about Guy Fieri. It's like four or five Love times guy. a day on average. Yeah. Love Guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Love him. <laughs> he's he's a man. You should really like him. That's what's funny. Like I do. Like, go look at this guy. I'm, towel, I've, I gone, I've gone. Uh, I've gone contrarian on it. Yep. I just. I love how everyone hates Guy. I'm just decided I'm gonna like. Him. But uh, anyway, his best friend or Radical. like best. <laughs> his going his to go to best... Flavor Town. <laughs> I love that it's called Flavor Town. That's the funniest. <laughs> Sorry, go off the chain, bro. <laughs> um, his best like showbiz friend, at least, is. Um, the host of Double Dare, Mark Summers or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be like, I'm here. I'm here in Philadelphia checking out the best cheesesteaks. My main man, Mark Summer. I'm like, is that the guy from Double Dare? <laughs> <laughs> That's like guys, bro. And I laugh every time. Just Let's go do comedians and cars getting coffee. With <laughs> guy Fieri and Mark Summers. That would, I would watch that. Let me know when that happens. TV, TV host and Camaros getting jalapeno. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Working title. Yes. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So, speaking of TV, guys, let's talk a uh, Key and Peele and Keanu. Well, 
everything's gonna be okay. You're right, Clarence. I want you to meet Keanu. No. That's the cutest guy I've ever seen in my life. So we all came to know and love Key and Peele. Over the past few years, for their show, Key and Peele, on Comedy Central. Did you guys follow the show while it was on the air at all? I did. I did uh, a bit. And I'll get... I don't want to say too much because I think it'll spoil some of my reviews. So I'll just say I did. You did? Okay. Huh? I watched bits here and there. Kind of the way you guys watch Jimmy Fallon. You know, like if it's a viral yeah. bit and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody posts on YouTube this, the next day or something. I I did that. That's but exactly I never how. really watched the show. Yeah, I watched the show off and on. I uh, didn't have it on the TiVo or anything like that. But uh, I caught a, a bunch of episodes. And man, these guys were really, really funny. And I thought they did a great thing on Comedy Central. I thought they could have done that show for maybe as long as they wanted to do the show. And uh, I thought it was a extremely well written comedy, and I think they obviously Key and Peele play very well off each other. But um, you know, they obviously have high hopes for their comedic uh, careers. Sure, so they're gonna direct some movies, write some movies, maybe. This seems to be the launch point for the Key and Peele empire, if you will. <laughs> and uh, do you do you guys think? Oh, let's get general thoughts here. Uh, on Keanu, is this something that could potentially launch their uh, comedic, I guess, directorial careers? Uh, Brian, I guess, save your thoughts, Richard, but go ahead. It's an interesting, uh, that's a good question, because I think these guys are really talented. I always enjoy them when they show up individually. he especially like it seems like he's in every tv show that i've ever watched like he show up and does a bit and i love it like i always enjoy him when he shows up and peel as well and i they have outstanding chemistry between themselves um they work they work off of each other really well like obviously i think you can kind of tell they seem like they probably click very well in real life and that comes across quite well um in everything that they do i do think though that there's a difference between it's not a thing. It's obvious that there's a difference between sketch comedy and feature length comedy. And I think that that's where Keanu struggles. It's, it's interesting. Like I laughed, I enjoyed this movie for about 45 minutes. And then after that, I was just kind of going through the motions, trying to, to finish it out. Um, I, I very rarely with most of their bits and I'm, I'm far from, you know, like an aficionado, anado, Keanu got in my brain. There. Aficionado. <laughs> aficionado. Um, I'm far from an aficionado on, on their bits and their show and, and stuff that they've done. Um, I always like, I enjoy what they, what I see them do from their show. I've enjoyed it, but I, I very rarely have just been like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And so it's an odd dynamic. I think they're very talented. I, I enjoy watching them, but I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's like nothing really sticks with me having, you know, like a week later, I'm not still thinking, man, that, that was a really funny bit. Um, that the NFL thing was really funny, but other than that, it's just nothing that really jumps out at me. And that's kind of what I got from, from the movie. I, I would guess that, 70% of my laughs in Keanu came in the first 15 minutes. And then the rest of the time, I'm just kind of like, you know, I never, <laughs> I wasn't like bored. I never got to a point where I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore or that it's even that it's bad. It just, 
I wasn't really hooked on the concept. And so, and then when you add that to, I don't really think either of these guys are, are that, that, that funny, like super out of this world funny. I don't know. It's, it was an odd dynamic. I very rarely have sat through a comedy and that's why I'm struggling to come up with, with my words on this, but I very rarely have sat through a comedy like this and come out thinking, you know, I enjoyed that, but not having really, um, engaged with it during the movie. Does that make sense? Like it was, it's fine, but I guess I, I feel like it should have been more than it, than it was on, on the whole, I guess. Understandable. Richard. Yeah. So, so Keen Peel, um, it's one of these things that, and, and it's kind of like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt to me. Like it's one of these things that, uh, is they're definitely in my wheelhouse. Um, I like them a lot. Every time I see them, I'm very impressed by them. I think they're really smart. I think they're, they're really nice people. I think they're very talented. Uh, but I just never like really, even on Keen Peel, they never caused me kind of like Brian has said, um, to like belly laugh ever like other sketch shows on sure. Comedy Central have. And I think that I I'm always amused by their stuff. I think it's clever. I think maybe it's just part of me getting older. Maybe I'm just cynical now and I don't laugh like I used to. I don't know, but like I never really find them like I, I, I can't uh, imagine them being like destination. Like I honestly have laughed harder at something like workaholics than key and peel and sure. and so or or but i think they're really bright and they're definitely doing it because they're doing a lot more satire than something like workaholics is it's something a lot more like Chappelle's show or something a lot more like you know amy schumer's show um mad tv where they came from mad tv right and see that's kind of where they still they seem to me still to be like really funny mad tv cast members and like and it really to me kind of what brian said was apparent when you saw them on screen in a film because i think they're both Really, really good, really funny, comedic supporting actors. And I don't think either yeah. of them leads. Yeah. And so like when you're it's a movie leading around them, you know, and the movie's the movie's clever and cute and it's funny and it's kind of a pineapple expressy jaunt. But I just don't I just I just they don't carry it to me. They're great actors, they're really they're good writers, they're brilliant improvisers, obviously. Um they've been improvising together and separate for you know for key probably like 25 years right he's like in his mid 40s yeah um but it's just it's just uh or is that it didn't yeah. put didn't quite get there for Did, you didn't get there for me didn't get there for me and it never does with them and it's frustrating and i think it's everyone i respect loves them and so it's like yeah i start to think it's like it's a richard issue and not a key and peel issue maybe i'm just old and in crotchety i just um i don't know i don't know what it is yeah, I think you you hit the for me. Pineapple Express was the movie I thought of, and I didn't really I didn't care for that movie all that much either. But I didn't dislike. It's the same thing. It was a, it's this experience of like it was fine. Like I get it, but it's not. I don't know. Like it just didn't stick with me as something. I'm like, man, that was really funny. And it's kind of the same boat here. Yeah, Pineapple Express. Still, that scene where Seth Rogen goes over to Franco's house. And they just sit there and talk, and he's asking them about euthanasia and stuff like that. I just think that's such a great sequence. <laughs> it's such a memorable sequence that I have a high place comedically for Pineapple Express. I don't remember really anything else about that movie other than that scene. And we and know how, why. And, and how great their timing was. <laughs> why? Because it's a movie about marijuana. Oh. 
Well, yeah, it is. That remember. is part of the movie. It's <laughs> yeah. in this movie too, as well. Yes. But it's um, um it's a little stereotypical in that way, I guess. Right. Yeah, kind of st- it, it kind of went the stoner comedy route. I didn't really expect it to go that route. Um, and it, it and it relies on the thing about stoner comedy is uh, it's this odd genre of film that it hits about uh, one in ten times, and it doesn't age well. And it's so funny when it hits and then it misses way more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like uh, something like the, you know, of the three Harold and Kumar, probably one of them. If you edit them all into one movie, one of them <laughs> would be good. Right. Um, like Cheech and Chong, if you ever watch that, it's just not funny. It's just I mean, mm-hmm. you listeners may disagree. Watch Cheech and Chong sober <laughs> and in 2016 and you nayer a laugh for you. Right. Uh, what you have. Uh, but then there's some awesome kind of, uh, you know, genius center companies as well. So this, uh, it followed those kind of tropes and, and all that. And, and there's, it's very fine. Like it's good. It's just like, I, I never emotionally laugh to it. I just, every time key and peel do something funny, I literally think of my, I'm like that annoying person at a party. Oh, like that annoying girl that doesn't laugh. And just goes, that's <laughs> right. funny. I'm yeah. that person with key and peel. I just go, that's funny. Yeah. I never, I don't know why. And so it bothers yeah. me. I, I laughed in this movie. I, I legitimately laughed at some parts in this. Um, I can't say it's not funny. I sure. don't think it, it didn't get. No, yeah, I wouldn't say that either. It it didn't get like it didn't blow me away in the fact that like man, Kim Peel are the next stars. You know, like mm-hmm. look out for these guys. But it did give me faith that yeah, these guys can do a good fun comedy uh, that I'll enjoy down the line. Maybe more than this one. This was like really kind of down the middle comedically it made me laugh at some parts made me roll my eyes but i think it kind of banks on the fact that you know a movie like mcgruber and we love when we think it accomplished its goal it goes all in on the fact that i'm gonna do i'm gonna take this 100 percent seriously it's yeah. gonna have a serious tone and this goes with the serious tone and all there's a lot of real subtle humor here that they never even mention you know stuff in the background stuff you're supposed to see and they it's like with the boy band thing me and Richard did. The, when you do a fake boy band, you got to be 100% serious because then people are like, they don't know whether to laugh or not. And and that's kind of what they went with here in the fact that they're going to have a cat and he's going to be really obsessed with this cat and they're going to literally do whatever it takes to get this cat back. But it's 100%. It's non-ironic right. at all. Like mm-hmm. he really wants this cat. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like. No, the concept's it's like, funny. It's not, it's not like the trailer makes it out to be. It's like gangsta kitty up in here, you know? Yeah. And, and they could have gone that route. But this is like kind of a real world scenario in a way. And it's kind of off. But like we've seen this in other movies, even a couple years ago, like a John Wick. Yeah, remember John that? Wick. It's kind of a similar thing with him and the dog. And uh, it's just kind of a parody on those kind of action movies that take themselves uh, way too seriously and are overly violent and all that kind of the drug, not comedy, but Pineapple Express is kind of that way. It's kind of exists in the drug cartel and, and all that. It kind of that was really obvious, you know, oh, they're getting mm-hmm. mixed up with the drug cartel. I haven't seen that before, you know, and I guess they're playing off popularity of a lot of things right now. And Breaking Bad is one of them. But, uh, you know, as far as something people can watch a movie about but you know having forte as the the dealer and i love forte but that's just kind of an eye roll as well and at the way he played it and everything he went for kind of a james franco spring breakers kind of a thing with the character yeah which was fine I, again 
biggest Forte fans in the world you're talking yes. to. But right. Yeah. Didn't need to see him in that. And it was kind of disappointing. Like, I think that uh, that Andy Samberg pop star movie, mm-hmm. it's going to, mm-hmm. again, take itself extremely serious. Yeah. But that's what's going to be funny about it. But you have to go all in there. And this yeah. didn't really go all in because there are some scenes here that are meant to be, you know, kind of slapsticky. And uh, especially with Key's character, I, I found the stuff, the George Michael stuff, I found that pretty funny. When he's sitting too. in the car yeah. with the people and he's convincing them to like mm-hmm. George Michael. I thought that was played really well, and you could tell improvised uh, a lot. But I mean, I th- I found that back and forth when they would cut between the house, Anna Ferris's house, and the car. I found that whole back and forth sequence uh, to be very funny, and that was the high point of the movie uh, comedically for me. But I thought the stuff in the car was really funny, and I thought the stuff in in Anna Ferris's house was kind of cringy yeah. to me like, i was just like this is i th- i didn't even know it was supposed my... to be anna ferris until midway through the scene when they're like anna ferris i thought it was, i she thought was that was funny but the whole the way it unfolds i was just like it it went to a point where you're right like they're going all in on how crazy this is but maybe i what i would say is i didn't feel like they had set it up well enough for us for me at least and maybe this is just me but for me to be ready for it to go that all in. Does that make sense? Like it, it, when <laughs> in MacGruber, when the truck explodes or the van explodes and kills all of his friends and stuff like that, I felt like we had set up to a point where that was hilarious. And, uh, and so it plays really well. And that this was one where I'm like, I just, I wasn't ready for it to go. To, I didn't feel like we had been led up to that point very well, personally, just have how, crazy and all in that was at that moment but i thought the stuff in the like the george michael stuff was hilarious i that was real that was a really well designed bit i i thought i thought that was uh that was very funny mm-hmm. it's kind of a stereotypical in the fact that it uh it's kind of the fish out of water thing too oh these guys sure. are these guys are suburban they're not supposed to be in the urban crowd you know or whatever yeah I mean, we've seen it we've seen it done a lot i mean pineapple express is an example of it too um these guys are stoners they're not supposed to be getting mixed up with murder you know Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh i mean it's an obvious thing to do but um i thought that they they played that very well the uh kind of fish out of water the the people that are especially key yeah the the scene in the yeah, the scene in the club when they shark tank when they put and on their voices, that, that was, was pretty strong too. But yeah, yeah all the, the stuff early in the movie, I was like, this is okay. I, yeah. I'm not dying laughing with any of this stuff, but I'm I'm okay. This is fun, you know? And it just, I don't know. At some point it expired. You know, you just get to a point where you're like, all right, I've seen enough here. I kind of see where we're going and it's, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of where it's going, I guess. Or it's just like, I kind of, it's not that, I'm not all that, into this anymore and just kind of play it, it was almost a get hard level of like fish out of water like yeah yeah like just yeah. so in your face that it, it's almost like is this the entire point of the movie is that we're, these guys aren't we're not supposed to believe these guys are couldn't relate into the situation i mean that right. i just didn't know is the comedy in the cat is the comedy in them yeah. i you know what i mean like where's the bit here which one's the bit yeah um but that's funny i thought the stuff with the cat was well shot, you know. I don't know how they got that cat to do all that stuff. <laughs> I don't even want to know. But um, it was funny. And I, what did you make of the fact that the cat was going to be a kitten forever or whatever? What, what did that mean? <laughs> At the yeah, end? that was a strange. 
I don't know. That that was to me that was another one. The same with I don't want to. Do we want to do spoilers at this point? I feel like we've come sure. pretty far. Okay, yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoilery spoilers. Coming. That and the fact of of High C being a an undercover cop, like I don't know. There's it. That was so obvious. It was, and it also it was it was eye rolly. Like it just you, you get to a point where you're like this okay. Like this is there's no other place for it to go than than that because once they've once they've murdered Anna Ferris and then they murder those two uh, the the gangster guys. You know, it, it, you get to a point where it's like, how are we getting out of this? Right? Like there's just yeah. no. So she has to, somebody has to be an undercover cop, and that and the the cat. Oh, by the way, the cat's gonna be a kitten forever. I was just like, that's these are. That that sort of thing feels like, um, oh crap, we got to get this script finished so we can start shooting tomorrow. Well, let's just make the kitten a kitten forever. You know, it just it's like kind of an odd. I don't know. I just think they're to me. It's like an indicative of the whole the whole experience of. I think they're funny. I think they're talented. I like their chemistry together. But to this point, I just like I just feel like the timing is just off, and it may just be that it's my timing. But I, I never feel like the jokes quite land for me. It's always like, uh, I don't know, it's like left of center. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, I okay, I see what you're doing, but it's just it doesn't quite work for me the way that I expect it to. And so I kind of always leave just a little bit um, disappointed or unimpressed, I guess. Like the bit with him getting arrested at the end and his thing of like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. That should have been a really funny, but it just it doesn't hit quite the right way to me. It is it's not the right tone or the right note. And so I just kind of smirked instead of full on laughing. And I, that's how I felt like the whole movie. Like I, I kinda of was like, oh, that's all right. That's I'm same with I, Richard. You know what? Oh, that's though, funny. Brian but. I have to give them credit for the smirk because there are plenty of comedies we've seen in the past year, two years, three years, and talked about that I don't even get a smirk. Yeah, oh, totally. Zoolander yeah. 2 oh, was not gosh, a smirk, yes. you know? No. Like, that, that's my thing. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just... Right. I've yet I just want to emphasize. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's, like I said, maybe it's me, and but more than anything, I think maybe it's just that um, as long, despite how long these guys have been working together and how extremely talented they are, I don't know that they've yet figured out I don't think they've done their best work. Can I say it that way? Like, I think there's more to come from these guys, and I'm I'm not at all opposed to another Key and Peele movie. Uh, I just, I'm not sure that this is the, I'm not sure that this is the one to start it off with. Like, this kind of seems like, well, we got to get these guys a movie. Well, what ideas do you have? Well, we we got this, and that just, I don't know, the whole the whole concept seems like a really funny 10-minute sketch and not an hour and a half or two hour long movie. And so I kind of feel like I'm not saying it's a missed opportunity, but given it's box office and I don't know, like, I just feel like we could have gotten better from, from these two guys. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm expecting too much, or maybe I'm just expecting something that's not, uh, maybe it's just not going to be geared towards me and that's fine. Like, you know, some things just don't land, but I just, I kept feeling like I was just off from really enjoying the movie instead of just, Okay, that's fine. And that's I don't know. Disappointed is not the right word, but just kind of it left me wanting more kind of perpetually. Yeah. Uh I I can see that. And I thought the one thing that kind of did work in an odd sentimental way was 
the fact that Keanu kind of brought uh, Peel's character out of the deep depression or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I thought uh, that was a resentment yeah. that turned into a deep depression mm-hmm. um, yeah. with a little Kendrick. But I mean, I think that worked uh, narratively and all that good motivation to like go get the cat and all that. And it's kind of disjointed emotionally, you know? Yeah. Cause that's like, yeah. Oh man, that cat's so cute and it means so much to him. But then they're shooting AK 47s <laughs> to try to, you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird uh, kind of uh, parallel there. Yeah. But um, I agree. I think they have potential, not only in just directing and starring and doing their own thing, but like you said, they when they show up, they're great. And when they showed mm-hmm. up in Fargo season one, it was like, yeah. oh, man, oh, these yeah. guys are awesome. They could do stuff like this all day. Yeah. And I think they're pushing for a spinoff series about their characters in the show. Like how they, of course, came to be and d- did what they did in Fargo. But that would be something I would watch. Like, I think these guys, they're obviously a great duo. Like, I don't want to see them split apart and do separate things. Like, I think if they stick together, they'll come across the right project and it'll, sure, it'll confirm everybody's suspicion that these guys could uh, be forces to reckon with. Yeah, that'd be great. I think I'm kind of in Richard's boat of I think maybe the both of them are just uh made to be supporting players instead of like if if the if they as a duo showed up in fifteen different movies or uh or T V shows a year, I would be totally stoked for that. But as I wanna a, I wanna also reiterate the uh director is Peter Atencio. He was the Key and Peel director and kind of their guy so sure. they didn't necessarily direct this themselves but they were the i right. guess the creative force behind it yeah so not not a lot i thought it was well directed i just think it was the seat of the i mean the execution of the idea maybe it was a maybe it was too weird of an idea to work ever you know yeah the kitten gangster <laughs> kitten kind of thing it's kind of a you imagine the pitch meeting, you know, in these kinds of movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to go rescue a kitten in a the slums of, you know, it's just kind of a, it's a weird pitch for a first outing. I don't know. This is the kind of movie sure. you make. Oh, yeah. I this think is the kind that, of movie you make on. if you're Seth Rogen and you've yes. got, if you've made the studio a billion dollars, you yes. know, I you, 100% you get Keanu agree. made. Yep. It's kind of yep. a risk to begin with, but. I, I totally agree. And I think it also highlights the fact that it's really, really difficult. And Saturday Night Live is proving that for like the third year in a row. It's really difficult to write good sketch comedy. It's also really difficult to write a feature length film. And those two things don't always go together. And in fact, I think more often than not, they don't go together. Like, that's one of my big holdups with. This Ghostbusters reboot, Beyond or sequel or whatever it is, is I really enjoy Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live, but I don't know that she's going to translate to the fourth lead in a film. Gosh, have you seen the backlash on that? Yeah. It is unbelievable. It's been a, it's (laughs) not, not great. It's not great. And of course, of course, the answer is that it's just, you know, misogynists that just are anti women and can't possibly be that it's just a terrible trailer you know pretty just... sure it's written and directed by a man but that's okay and probably <laughs> edited by one yeah it's a it's a frustrating uh frustrating ordeal there, be yeah shaking your boots if you're them yes that's oh a, yeah that's a property you don't want to 
well, necessarily I, tarnished. As we were looking for movie news before the before the show tonight, I saw Melissa McCarthy essentially said, "Yeah, I don't really understand the trailer either." So that's good when your when your star is out in front of the movie saying, uh, "Hey, that might actually be good because maybe she knows right, what sure. they filmed the whole thing." So maybe that's good news. I that's, uh, yeah, it could be, be awesome. It, it could be it, good. It seems like it could be. It's a cool property. Talented people, talented writer and director who's who's hit on his last three films. So yeah, hope it's I'm awesome. not against the trailer's it. Trailer's just scary. I, yeah. yeah, not against it. I just I feel like we've I feel like there's some some warning signs there. Key and Peele should have just done like a Hingle McCringleberry movie or something like something that you know what I mean. Like maybe done an offshoot, kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen did, and just do an offshoot of it, what people already know in mm-hmm. Borat, like he did in Ali G. You could have, they could have spun off one of their biggest bits from maybe they didn't want to ruin the legacy of the bit, you know, with the East West Shrine game or whatever they do. <laughs> that was that was funny, you know. That, that was one's good. Yeah, but I, I just think that there could have been a better way for them to introduce themselves to the masses. Yes, than I agree, Keanu. You know, I think they picked it's, the bad. it's kind of a chappy kind of movie. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> it's way better and funny and in parts and. Uh, you know, I, th- I had a positive feeling leaving the theater seeing yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of a weird concept to begin. I mean, yes. I just don't expect anyone that doesn't already like Key and Peele to go out and see Keanu. Hundred percent. Yes. It's, just, it's an it's an odd way to introduce yourself to a mass audience that maybe hasn't paid attention to you up to this point. You know. Hey, honey, you want to go out and see Keanu <laughs> with Key and Peele? You know, if you, I just don't. Right. Maybe that they weren't going for that, but uh, it had a good release date too. This wasn't yeah. a yeah, it wasn't a it, September dump right. or anything. That's like what I'm that. saying. It just the whole thing kind of to me adds up to it's not bad. It's just it does feel like kind of a missed opportunity, and that's that's a bummer. Do you guys have any other thoughts, or should we hit grades? I'm good. I, have, I thought I the one, one other as thing, as, as far as the subtle humor I was referring to in the background, the fact that the whole climactic scene takes place in a rock of fire explosion factory, rock of fire explosion being the like mechanical band that played at Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Did you notice <laughs> that? And it's no. never mentioned. There's like the thing in the background. The whole time, like an old, like rundown version of it, you know, during the whole <laughs> whole end scene, and then when they're outside, you know, doing the whole uh, finding out she's a cop bit and everything, uh, they, there's a rock of fire explosions, huge logo, and it says factory, like right underneath <laughs> it, like blatantly, like they wanted that to be emphasized that we are outside the rock of fire explosion factory, just because it's such a random place for something like that to happen i guess that's the joke you know sure. um but it's just so weird that they like you would go that far and not even mention it or anything and it's for it's a, that joke works on like y'all didn't get it you know y'all didn't notice right. it the right. joke works on maybe one out of every 500 people that come in would get mm-hmm. would catch that but i don't know it's just a, a very very odd uh way of trying to get us to laugh they just throw it all at you in this movie i guess but um maybe they're like hey guys youtube's big people love kitten videos let's just do that <laughs> and bring key and peel in maybe this is the studio like yeah wanted to no. Could be. okay who knows uh, no no uh, i saw i i saw them on or listen to them on the simmons podcast apparently this is a script they've been or uh they've been kicking around for years so even before john wick they said so 
Yeah, it was. It's. Oh, it's he asked there. him about that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, good. That's kind of awkward. Uh, that's no, interesting, I though. I mean, that's that's even weirder because the fact like they spent years on this is kind of weird. It yeah. does seem seem kind of a. I mean, like I said, it's just weird to introduce themselves to the world with this. You know, it's right. just very odd. But uh, you know, not a lot of people can make this and make it funny at all. So uh, I I did absolutely, laugh uh, absolutely true. in in uh, several several smart scenes. release date too by the studio it really was. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna grade this. I'm gonna go B minus on this. Brian. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm gonna be B minus, which is, you know, if I was on Rotten Tomatoes, this would be I would I would slightly put this as a fresh film. Um, but I I am I am kind of bummed that it it does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity, and that's you know I like both these guys. I'd like to see I'd like to see what they can do next go round, and I I hope that there is a next go round. I guess this is. I had a friend ask me after this if they should see it, and I said, this will be a perfect Redbox-like movie. It's yeah, not one that you have to go out and see on a big screen, but it would make a, you, you would enjoy yourself if you spend a dollar and like, man, that was pretty funny, you know? Sure. And it was yeah. worth a rent and all that. I do, I do see it as a recommend for me in the future. But, uh, Richard, what's your grade? I'm gonna, we're going to make it the rare Triple Mam special. Wow. He's all around. Okay. Are you just a B, straight B? No, I'm going B minus. B also. minus. Okay. So, hopefully, more to come from Key and Peele, and uh, we'll see where they go from here. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. But uh, let's hit a recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. Okay, go ahead, Brian. I'm going to recommend a documentary that just hit Netflix uh, yesterday or the day before. I have not seen it yet, so if it's terrible, uh, I just want to put that disclaimer out. Recommending it, and you haven't seen it. I am recommending it because I backed it on Kickstarter a year ago. It's called Welcome to Leith. It is about a town in... Up north, I think like North Dakota, maybe or Minnesota. I think I think it's North Dakota. That's just like a tiny little quiet town that suddenly gets overrun by um, uh, Ku Klux Klan member or, or neo Nazis. Like it's just become like this kind of a uh, like a a battlefront between just you know white supremacists and people who are like that's terrible and uh, and but they bought up so much of the uh, surrounding 
properties and land that they just kind of have like a stranglehold on the community and it's a, anyway it's a i've been following them for for a year or so the the filmmaker and uh, with their updates on kickstarter and whatnot and uh so i'm really excited to to be able to finally watch it and i uh, hope, uh, hope obviously i hope it's good it's got good ratings on on netflix right now it looks like which is cool and i uh, hope that some of our listeners will give it a chance as well welcome to leaf is what it's welcome called. to leaf there you go uh, go ahead, uh, Richard. Yeah, I'm going to recommend. I finally caught up on this uh, show lately. I had never seen an episode and then kind of binged them with the girlfriend the last few weeks. And uh, it's a show on Comedy Central called Broad City. Uh, yeah. Pretty funny. Amy Poehler produced and uh, really funny in parts. wouldn't say it's a total home run, but it's a solid double. Um, I've, I've laughed quite a bit at it and uh, pretty original voices in comedy. Um, and maybe they'll get a film, much like uh, Key and Peele did in, in years to come, and it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. But uh, Broad City on Comedy Central, if you like kind of quirky, if you're like a Portlandia guy or, or gal. I or, heard it uh, was a more workaholics or work. Yeah, I would say it's like a hybrid of Portlandia and workaholics. Okay. Uh, and with a little bit of girls. If you put those on a soup. Awesome. Uh, you you got a stew going, baby. You got <laughs> That's my favorite. Brian's made me laugh with that joke. You've probably made me laugh with that joke 50 times since we've been friends. Great keep arrest. going back to the well. Yep. Great uh, great Arrested Development humor. You got You guys going. catch up on TV at all in the past? Have you seen the OJ show yet, Brian? No. It's oh, going to be goodness. summer, dude. It's going to be summer. I, we just, dude. to let the listener in on my life, we just sold our house, so I'm like packing and trying to find a new place to live and doing all these home you repairs come with me. and i may i may be uh i may be crashing with with cooper uh it'll be fun cool. Cool. uh we'll all we'll all bunk together the mad about movies camp out um cool. so i just i've got like so much so what i decided is anything that i do not currently have on my dvr i'm just gonna save because there's a chance that or there's a pretty good chance that this summer i'm not gonna have any kind of cable or satellite so i'm just gonna be desperate for all of the tv shows and so i will catch up then on those on those sorts of things i'm just I'm, as we speak i'm scrolling through my netflix and my hulu and adding you better hurry. illustrious yeah. projects there's such a lot as, of good stuff coming out i know this summer. i'm excited documentary now i gotta watch unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh kent recommended a movie called minions that just hit netflix <laughs> Gotta check that out. Yep. So. Is that the same one you have the tattoo of, Ken? <laughs> it is. Which tattoo? Okay. Uh, the full back piece. The groove back piece. <laughs> I'm a big groove guy. I hate the minions. Just huge in the groove. <laughs> that would be funny if Kent's minion hate came not because they're annoying, but because they steal the spotlight from Gru, his favorite <laughs> yeah. character of all time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they didn't make a Gru movie. They made Minions movie. And that's an injustice that I'm going to get corrected. That's true. I'm a big Megapine started. I'm a Megapine guy, so personally. Megamind, so, yeah. Yeah, that's my go-to, and I don't think... That's why I hate the Minions, because it's stolen. I think the... Monsters right... versus Aliens might be biggest. Uh, might be true. best. That's a good one. Number one in my heart, uh, always. I'm going to recommend an animated movie, actually. And cool. it's a Disney movie. Is it Megamind? It's not Megamind. I'm not interested. It's a really funny Disney movie that you never talk about. And that I always enjoyed. It's uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. that's some a really, ver- really, some really spade. funny stuff. Yeah. Some good spade. Some uh, uh, Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny voice cast and very well animated and has some 
great jokes and uh you know some some prime disney stuff that, that was kind yeah. of like disney was in a i guess a yeah. valley of sorts major funk yeah. major funk yeah. and then i saw that and i was like man disney still has yeah. it if they want to yeah. you know and uh and like it's, the good, one it's a good one to revisit. spot for about 10 years, it seems like. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great one to revisit, and it holds yeah. up well. Nice. And uh, Emperor's New Groove. I fought stuff. with my wife about that recently. She's just like, Emperor's New Groove, that one's stupid. I was like, how dare you? So, <laughs> really? In divorce. People so. get... <laughs> Way to bring that up. Worth it, That's though. why Brian's I mean, moving. <laughs> you got to take a stand. <laughs> yeah. You got to take a stand yeah. at some point. Yeah, I drew a line in the sand. Yeah, you, you can't... Either like, you either like Emperor's New Groove or you get out. You can't so. take that crap, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, she makes way more money than I do, so she kicked me out. So it's rough. Well, you and Coop come I'll stay with Cooper on weekends. It's fine. I feel like that's the same way <laughs> with watched Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> with uh, the the Iron Giant. There yeah. are some people if you say, Man, the Iron Giant wasn't very good, they'll yeah, they'll want, never want to talk to you again. Like it's some sacred yeah. like it's fine, you know, to me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. i I don't we get we get recommended. Hey, can you guys do an Iron Giant episode a couple times a year at least? And I'm always like, oh, I don't think you want to hear that because I just, it's it's fine. But I have I love the Iron Giant. So it's okay, safe. all right. Never well, talking to yours. you guys again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It's got Ben. It's got Pre Tomorrowland. Brad Bird. What is there not to like? Am I the only one that thinks that Finding Dory might not be good? Oh, I'm fine. I think it's a cars might be a cars two situation. Yeah, I was with you guys until whatever was it CinemaCon? Cinema the buzz coming out of CinemaCon was so good that it okay. was oh they showed it really strong. They showed like I I want to say they showed an like unedited fifteen minutes like it just here here's fifteen minutes of the movie and everybody was just uh, okay. falling over yeah. themselves to compliment it. Does, so. does Dory dance in it? Of course. Okay, good. I mean, that's just a stupid question, to be honest. That's, that's a given. Albert Brooks, though. Yeah. When are you going to nominate uh, Albert Brooks for American Treasure? He's in the queue. Well, if we okay. ever do American Treasures ever again, he might get on there. I think we need to do a, a catch-up episode. We need to do one huge American Treasures episode where we nominate... The Night, like the night of Treasures, people. we'll call yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. The Night of Too Many American Treasures. <laughs> love it. The Night of Treasures. That's going to be the highest rated thing we've ever done. Yeah. I'll get to work sewing those vests. My fingers already hurt. Just yeah. pull them together. All right, man. I have to you, cut up so lose many your sewing studio soon. Yeah. So. That's true. To cut up so many American flags for the This line. is the portion of the show that we call <laughs> the, witch, the witching hour. This is my favorite portion of the show. Where we just, we're, we're delirious and we're rambling. And uh, whatever kind of comes out of our mouths at this point, we want to thank you for listening this yeah. far. And I feel like this is a treat for the people who make it this far. Because I feel like Very a lot of people of probably tune out like right as soon as we're done with the review, and that's fine. Zero problem with that. But a little inside pod. We do the show in the evening, but sometimes life gets in the way, <laughs> and uh, it's the beginning of a Lifetime movie, and we have to record late into the night, and this is one of those. And so we've all worked all day, and now we're we're here in midnight, recording this delirious. So. Um, it's midnight. It's midnight. Did you hear Lemonade yet? Midnight Anyone? racer. Yeah. Did you I see it? That. The uh, I did watch it. I haven't movie. listened to it without watching it. Yeah, it's um, pretty uh, pretty awesome. Pretty out there, man. Speaking of lemonade, like, recommended wow. this week by Ken Garrison in the Mad About Movies newsletter that went out this week. Sign up issue two will be at the first of June. So sign up um, at madaboutmoviespodcast dot com slash newsletter. We got a lot, great response on it, and uh, we were we were it was fun to do. So we'll do it again. I can't wait. All right. Well, where do we find you online, Brian? 
You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, richardbarden.com. You can find me at Richard Barden on Twitter. And Kent, where can I find you? You can find me online at Kent Garrison. Find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And uh, if you want to do us a favor and uh, help us out, leave us five stars on iTunes because uh, that really helps the show grow. And until then, we'll see you next time at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>